There are only two things worth knowing about hell. You wouldn't be there if you didn't deserve it, and you can't get out unless someone offers you a ticket. You're probably imagining all sorts of other things worth knowing, such as what the demons look like, and how you'll be punished, and what exactly the thermostat is set to. There's no point speculating though, because all the unpleasant sights and feelings you're imagining are the sensations of a living body that you left far behind. There's no torture worse than the knowledge you're right where you belong. And if you don't believe, I politely suggest you to go to hell and see for yourself. When I was alive, I would have done anything in the name of love. The lengths I would go through just to see her, to hold her, to lose myself in her, until I didn't know myself when I was alone. Until inevitably came the day when I became a stranger to myself and she became a stranger to me. The two of us had turned to poison in each other's veins. Then I would leave her to pursue a fresh intoxication to make me feel whole again. Happy so long as I didn't remember those I left behind. I had a child, more than one, perhaps many more. I know there was a little girl who suffered for me, shuffled from home to home until she was swallowed by the streets. I know there was a little boy that wished his father would come back again. Although perhaps he wouldn't have if he knew that his father was someone like me. I would tell you their names if I could. I would have to recite them to myself every moment I was in hell, wishing the best for them, though I know they didn't get the best for me. But I was dead, and they were lost, and that's how it was always going to be if I hadn't received a ticket. It wasn't something I earned, or found, or stole, though the devil knows what I would have done to get it. I don't know how long I was mired in misery, but I do know there was no shortage of others who have languished for longer. All that matters is that it was into my hands she pressed that folded paper, and my ears that were blessed with her sweet words. You're free to leave, no one will try to stop you anymore. And don't worry if you ever change your mind, it's a two-way ticket. You can come back whenever you want. I wish I could describe her, my savior, but what word does justice to those who dwell beyond living senses? I could call her Grace, but you would only see slender feet dancing through the grass without capturing the light of her soul. I could call her Hope, but then you would only feel the flush of excitement beneath your skin and miss the infinite in her cloudless eyes. No, I shall not sully her name with any of her improvised words. It's enough that you know that she had the ticket and that she was giving it to me. Why would anyone want to come back? I asked. You might as well ask why anyone would come at all, is all she would reply. And so I passed beneath the shadows that were casting without light, and each time the horrors of the shade loomed over me, I would close my eyes and present the piece of paper in my hand, only to feel the pressure of their presence melt back into the dark. I did not slow to listen to the anguish of those left behind, nor did it hinder when I rose into the endless lights. All I could think of was getting out, starting over, not sparing a thought for what lay waiting on the other side. The light I entered was more than something to be seen. It was something to be felt, to be heard, to be smelled, all rushing back to me in a crushing wave. I persisted in the emptiness beyond life for so long that I'd forgotten what it was like to be again. It was all too loud, too hot, too bright, all intermingled so I can't tell you which was which, nor up from down, or good from bad. Too much, too fast, too hard. I did the only thing I could do, 
I began to cry, and then sob, and then wail. And that was exactly what I was supposed to do. I had been born again, but it was different this time. Staring up at my mother's face as she cradled me in her arms, I remembered everything that I had endured thus far. I even remembered that this woman was my mother, and the man with his arms around her was my father, and that we were going to go home to the same blue carpeted room I remember growing up in. I hadn't just been born, I had just been born into my own body. But if that were true, why couldn't I stop crying once I realized what was going on? Why would my arm move without command? Why would I grab the hold of the end of the fork, even though it was sharp? Why did I think these thoughts, yet be locked inside a child that couldn't even speak out loud? I hadn't been born into my body, I had been born into my old life, and I was trapped inside without being able to change a thing. A prisoner to make every mistake, a helpless victim to rise and fall with the iron whims of fate. I could see and hear and feel everything that the body experienced, but my thoughts were cut off from those of the boy that would grow up to be me. I couldn't warn him of what was to come or change my inevitable actions or so much as a whisper to let him know that I was there. The newborn body spent most of the time sleeping and gave me lots of time to really think about what was to come. I was going to relive the same embarrassing moments, every sickness, every default, all the way until my own death. Every long night, every heartbreak, every regret. Even worse this time around, knowing that they were coming, despite my body fooling itself into a moment of happiness. Somewhere in the back of the child's mind sat I, with a folded piece of paper still resting in my hand. It was a two-way ticket, and I could go back. But right now, this child was only sleeping. And how could I say that I would prefer hell to this? I would wait, I told myself, until I couldn't take it anymore. One day, I'd know my life had been ruined and I'd use the ticket then. But not today or tomorrow. I had spent a long, long time in the darkness and I had forgotten how beautiful the world could be. Even if I couldn't control this new body, I still experienced the thrill and pleasure as it made each new discovery the first strawberry, the first dog, the first time seeing the ocean from the window of the car. I had seen infinity after I died, and I saw it again through another child's eyes. And before I knew it, years were starting to pass by. I knew I was reliving my exact life, but it was amazing how many things I had forgotten over time. Even the childhood memories that I did possess, vague and fading as they may be, did nothing to ruin these experiences. It was almost as good as living for the first time. But now, I spent so long as a silent passenger that it didn't even feel strange not to choose how the story would play out. I'd wince when I knew I was about to slide down the splintery post, but I also remember how it barely even hurt when I woke up the next day. I felt the hot rage of not getting a toy I wanted at the store, and then I would remember that I had gotten that toy on Christmas that year, and that I had broken it within the first 20 minutes. Every hurt and injustice that I had been dreading so much I seemed like the end of the world at the time, but now I was just living through them and knew that none of them would really matter before long. So I let the years slip on, and I watched as I grew into the same man I ever was. And then I met her again, and I felt the heart in my body as if it were my own. Looking at her as I did in the moment we first met, I couldn't understand how I ever stopped loving her. But I would understand, because I had no choices but to live through it again. 
I'd relive how every little stress and insecurity and pettiness in me grew until it swallowed me up. I'd yell at her and lie to her and hurt her in ways deeper than flesh could heal. Yet here I was, trapped and helpless as I watched how I couldn't stop smiling, how her eyes would dart away but always find their way back to mine. I knew what it felt like when all the love drained away from those eyes only to be replaced by revulsion and remorse. My body didn't understand any of it though. It only felt like flesh of a youth and the bubbling of love, so blind and lost that it would chase her again, no matter the end. But I knew better, sitting alone at the back of the mine with a folded piece of paper in my hand. There was no point in going back to hell if I was only trying to avoid grief and pain. Hell would be no kinder to me. Here there would still be some moments of happiness to come but going back to hell would banish even these. If I was only living for myself, then staying must have been the right choice to make. And yet, if I stayed, I knew that I would not be the only one who suffered. Whatever I endure in hell, at least I would be sparing my love and her future child of a life with me in it. Better that I should go back where I belong than force fate and play to these hands. I'm ready to go back now, I said to no one in particular. I still got my ticket and I want to go back. I closed myself away from the light and the noise and the smell of the world and I was in the darkness once more and out of the darkness I felt a touch upon my wrist. I thought it was my savior, my grace, come take me back to the other side. Yet when I opened my eyes I saw myself in the living world with my future love smiling at me and that's when I knew I was opening my own eyes this time. And when I folded my hands over hers, I knew that was the choice I was making now. One that had never happened the first time around. Whether you're ready remains to be seen, said no one in particularly in reply. Are you feeling okay? Do you want to get out of here? My love asked me, just the way she had on the day we first met. No, I don't want to leave. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. From the way she smiled, she must have known I was talking about her. My ticket had gotten me out of hell, but has it taken me back again? I suppose that's up for me to decide.